To quote Vladimir Lenin, there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. And my friends, we have experienced over the past two weeks what feels like decades of some of the most consequential freedom of speech decisions ahead of the 2024 election. Now, since we last talked, Alex Jones and Infowars have been let back on Twitter. And whether you love or hate the man, this decision by Elon Musk to allow true freedom of speech on his platform X is an important step in the people being able to tell the truth, push back against corrupt government narratives, and expose corruption via our media and politicians ahead of one of the most important elections of our lifetime. So again, it's been a little while since we've talked, but Alex Jones back on Twitter, Hunter Biden now officially subpoenaed by Congress, a large portion of Republicans voting to pass the National Defense Authorization Act, which would allow the FBI to continue warrantless surveillance of American citizens, the border still being overrun, satanic statues being erected in state capitol buildings. The United States right now, of course, is a huge party of insanity, and we are going to be getting into all of it on this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. I know it's been a while, so appreciate that you guys always, uh, you know, wait for me to pop in and say hello. Now, before we start the show, I do, of course, have to give a special shout out to my subscribe star subscribers. I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, so appreciate you guys there for making sure that there's still funding going towards the show. I'm trying to work on creating a better studio, on creating more social media platforms, some new business ventures. So there's been a lot going on behind the scenes. And a big shout out to the subscribe star subscribers for making that possible. Also, anybody who's ever left a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Big shout out to you guys. I was begging and pleading for us to have 600 reviews. We're at 591 right now. So big shout out to every single person who's ever left a review. I read every single one. Now, without further ado, let's just jump straight into the news because we have quite a bit that we need to get into. Starting off with, again, Alex Jones and Infowars being allowed back on Twitter. Now, this dominated the news cycle because it just happened last weekend and it immediately resulted in Vivek Ramaswamy, Elon Musk, Andrew Tate, Alex Jones, Patrick Bet David, some of the heaviest hitters in the United States of America that are truly pushing the narrative toward a more pro-human, anti-globalist future on this gigantic Twitter space talking about our ability to now have freedom of speech on Twitter. And of course, you had journalists like this guy, David uh, Levitt, who says he's an award-winning multimedia journalist from CVS, Yahoo, The Examiner, yada, yada. He immediately responds, how many innocent people will be murdered because Elon Musk allowed Alex Jones back on Twitter? And I wish that journalists who made these types of comments were joking, but they aren't. And this is more than anything an example of what we have to deal with ahead of 2024, right? We are officially less than one year out from the 2024 November presidential elections. And I really do feel that they are going to be the most consequential in U.S. history. Look at where our country is currently at. Now, I titled the show a Biden Christmas, right? And I'm going to be talking about Jill Biden's horrific Christmas display. Of course, she brought in these DEI dancers. It was just an atrocious thing to see. I'm going to play some of that for you on screen right now to not get us all into the Christmas spirit, but more than anything to highlight 
how this entire administration really has just promoted the ugliest, the most subpar in society. I don't know, maybe I'm a cranky old man at this point, but I saw this video and I was just immediately pushed into the mindset and thinking of why is it that the United States by the Biden administration is always represented by these LGBTQ diversity hires who are subpar, who make America look like a laughingstock and a mockery. Jill Biden herself, horrible fashion sense. Everything she brings to the White House is just bad and it's just ugly. And I think that's really representative of what this entire administration has been for the American people. Just absolutely ugly. But I have a lot of hope ahead of 2024 because, again, with Alex Jones being back on Twitter, with Donald Trump leading in the polls, we'll be getting into all of that. With Hunter Biden now being subpoenaed, we'll see if, again, our Republican majority House will actually do anything with that. Um, We'll get into the the nuts and bolts of that because that happened earlier this week. But I do have a lot of hope for the first time because we are seeing a great American awakening. We are seeing a great pushback. And more importantly, we are going to have the innate ability to not take control of the narrative, right? Because we don't want to take control of the narrative and we don't need to. All we need to do is tell the truth. And from 2016 to 2020, the American people were truly bombarded with this psychological warfare in which we were told that COVID was going to kill us, that the mainstream media was telling us the truth about Donald Trump being this vicious dictator that was trying to destroy democracy in the United States, that we were an international laughing stock. I mean, the list goes on and on of all of the nonsensical things that we were hit with, that Donald Trump was colluding with Russians. That turned out to be completely false, that Donald Trump was a dictator because he enacted law and order at our borders, because he was bringing jobs back to America, because he was allowing fracking in the United States and for us to drill our own oil. Remember that we were energy independent under Donald Trump and then we brought in Joe Biden and everything was just an absolute mess. So we really now have the important ability to tell the truth on social media. And and this is going to be incredible. Again, that's kind of old news, but I did just want to kind of highlight it because I'm very excited about the trajectory that our country is going to be on ahead of 2024. Uh, Now, another Quick piece of news here. We're just going to speed through some stuff before I get to the up to date. This came out last week on December 6th, uh, breaking the state of Texas, the Daily Wire and the Federalist have sued the U.S. Department of State, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and other government officials for engaging in a conspiracy to censor, deplatform and demonetize American media outlets disfavored by the federal government. Now, after Elon Musk allowed Alex Jones back on his platform as well, um, we saw movements like this from various states, from attorney generals saying, hey, um, we're actually going to fight to protect people from being censored. We're going to push back against Media Matters, who is running an entire campaign against Elon Musk right now and trying to get advertisers pulled from his platform because he is allowing the people to have freedom of speech. So there's a huge information war that is still being waged right now. And while we have a lot to look forward to, the battle has just begun. Because do you really think that the left is going to take this sitting down? Do you think they're going to allow the people to have uh, unfettered access to information, especially ahead of an election year? Absolutely not. And it's why we are continuing to see Donald Trump being politically persecuted, which 
is more than anything an example of not only what the government wants to do to us, but what the government already is doing to us. We're going to be brushing up on January 6th defendants here in a moment, too. So let's start out with Hunter Biden, however, because he was subpoenaed by uh, the GOP, by the House, and he completely ignored it. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go... sit in and talk to (laughs) Republican investigators that are looking into corrupt business dealings between my father and I. And and just a quick recap here, right? Because what is happening right now is that the Republican-led House is launching an investigation into Hunter Biden's corrupt business dealings. Uh, I want to brush up on what those are because, again, we kind of get amnesia, right? Because the media loves to bombard us with propaganda all the time. So that way, when Hunter Biden finally does get subpoenaed we're like wait what is this even about i'm trying to keep up with uh, donald trump's what 70 plus other felony charges and the fact that he's looking at or i think it might have even been 91 federal charges see that's what i'm saying it's like i can't even keep up with the amount of charges they're hitting this man with uh, because i'm trying to focus on that i'm trying to focus in on the border the crashing economy the fact that uh, joe biden is continuing to funnel billions of dollars across seas to ukraine to uh, israel keeping us in these never-ending wars we also had the uh, gop primaries that have been happening you've had nikki haley vivek ramaswamy chris christie that have all been uh, debating on the stage Ron DeSantis as well i really haven't been watching those because to be quite honest, I do think our candidate for 2024 is Donald Trump. And outside of Vivek Ramaswamy, all of the other candidates have fallen flat for me. They really haven't done much. But anyways, Hunter Biden on Wednesday defied a congressional subpoena to appear privately for a deposition before Republican investigators who have been digging into his business dealings. He insisted he would only testify in public. Now, of course, Hunter Biden trying to play victim here and say that Democrats uh, or that um Republicans, apologies, Democrats are the ones protecting him, but that Republicans are trying to capitalize on his addiction problems and trying to make, uh, you know, him him out to look like this horrible, bad person when he's really just this poor, poor president's son who, again, was potentially involved in a bribery scheme with Ukraine. Now, this is something that I've reported on previously, but like I said, we kind of tend to forget what a lot of these cases are about because we're consistently bombarded with just various forms of corruption from the left-wing government in power. Uh, There was an FBI tip, and this was in July of this year, that there was a $10 million bribe that was given, right? $5 million to Hunter Biden, $5 million to Joe Biden, 10% to the big guy. We remember that whole story, and it had to do with Ukraine. Congressional Republicans who read an FBI informant file accusing President Biden of a role in a $10 million bribery scheme said Thursday that it involved the Ukrainian company Burisma. And Biden, of course, was just like, where's the money? It's all fake. All of this is is a lie. Um, Let me see. This is the portion that I wanted to read here. This is from Marjorie Taylor Greene, who basically is talking about that $10 million bribe, saying it was all a bribe to get former Ukrainian prosecutor general Viktor Shokin fired. Shokin was fired in March of 2016, and Joe Biden publicly boasted that he leveraged $1 billion in USA to get him thrown out of 
office. So uh, I believe that this prosecutor was fired because he was investigating Burisma and their corrupt business dealings. And then Joe Biden was like, uh, you need to fire this guy or we're going to withhold funding from the U.S. to Ukraine. You know, he, Joe Biden can do that and he can publicly boast about it. And then the guy can get fired and then everybody just forgets it happens. Uh, but if Donald Trump sneezes the wrong way, he's impeached 10 times and 58,000 felony charges are lobbied against him. So that's where we're currently at in the United States of America. Let's not forget as well, because Democrats <clears throat> regarding Hunter Biden's subpoena, it was specifically like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was like, there's no witnesses to this. There's no evidence to this. It's absolutely ridiculous that the GOP is launching this, this phony investigation, blah, blah, blah. Like basically everything they did to Donald Trump surrounding Russian collusion, which actually was a fake made up investigation that was launched into a sitting president by the FBI off of a phony fake evidence that was paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign. Let's not forget that that entire thing happened. And then the FBI had to come out and say, oh, yeah, that was all fake. But oops, we already spied on the president and, you know, tried to ruin his life and credibility for four years and impeded his entire time in office. Oopsies. Sorry. Um Devin Archer, who was a former business partner of Hunter Biden, did come forward and say that Hunter Biden sold the illusion of access to his father. And I believe that this was during the time in which Joe Biden was vice president of the United States under Obama. And then Hunter Biden would be like, oh, my dad's on the phone and he would get special business deals. He would get you know, lots of money from foreign governments and foreign agencies and entities. But of course, we're all supposed to look the other way on that and uh, completely ignore it. Again, Hunter Biden's former business partner insisted in testimony to Congress on Monday that President Joe Biden was never directly involved in their financial dealings, though Hunter would often put his famous father on speakerphone to impress clients and business associates. So uh, there you guys go. There is some witnesses and evidence to that. So that happened this week. Uh, on top of that, we also had the House passing the National Defense Authorization Act. Now. This happened just yesterday. Charlie Kirk puts out uh, FISA Section 702 gets a clean four-month renewal and the FBI can continue surveilling Americans without a warrant. Corruption wins. The Constitution loses again. Now, this is a almost $900 billion defense policy bill. Okay, Joe Biden is set to sign this into law. And hidden in this, by the way, is $600 million to Ukraine. This was voted on by our new speaker, Mike Johnson, Ted Cruz as well. There's a lot of uh, big GOP names that voted for this bill. But one of the most alarming things for the American people was this extension of Section 702 in a part of FISA, right? And what this essentially was it was supposed to expire on December 31st, but it now got that four month extension. It basically allowed the FBI to surveil the communication of American citizens without a warrant. And the way that they did that was basically by surveilling foreign enter entities or international targets, right? But then if you as an American citizen are speaking to these foreign people, they don't even need to be tied to corruption or 
crime, anything like that. But the FBI, if you know they want to investigate you, would kind of look into who you're talking to abroad and then utilize that as a backdoor way to spy on your communication. So a lot of people, a lot of Americans really upset at GOP members for voting for the extension of this. And more than anything, why are we passing a $900 billion military defense bill when our economy is already imploding? And why is there $600 million hidden in there for Ukraine? It's just an absolute joke. And many people were calling out Mike Johnson and saying, you know, specifically Laura Loomer, she really has been at the forefront of that and being like, yeah, look, this is exactly what I said was going to happen. Mike Johnson, he's not a MAGA Republican. He doesn't actually care about the American people. Here's more funding to Ukraine. Here's an extension of Section 702, which does not stop the FBI from surveilling Americans illegally, but if anything, extends something that goes against our Fourth Amendment right. So just an idea of uh, what was just passed this week. Again, more than two thirds of the U.S. House of Representatives voted in favor of a defense policy bill on Thursday that includes a record $886 billion in annual military spending. Um, Here is the portion that I wanted to read as well. Let me see. Uh, This is from Defense One. It says Section 702 surveillance doesn't belong in the NDAA. The controversial spying power doesn't actually expire for more than four months. And I just want to, again, reiterate to you guys what Section 702 is. So we're all aware of how the government is coming in and illegally spying on all of us, which is not a surprise to anybody. But I feel like has been so normalized, right, with whistleblowers. It's like we've had people who have exposed the government time and time again for coming in and illegally spying on Americans, spying on a communication. Big tech does the exact same thing. But it's so normalized in our country for the government to impede on our rights and our freedoms that we kind of just go, oh, no, that's bad. They probably shouldn't be doing that. But this is what Section 702 is. It's an incredibly controversial surveillance tool, long criticized by Democrats and Republicans alike. Although the law requires the government to direct this surveillance at people outside the United States, in practice, it routinely ensnares Americans. Section 702 allows the government to target any foreigner abroad for warrantless surveillance to obtain foreign intelligence information. The government's targets need not have any connection to criminal activity or terrorism. They could be journalists, human rights workers, business people communicate, uh, communicating about foreign affairs of the U.S. In the course of this surveillance, the government vacuums up without a warrant the communication of countless Americans who have texted, called, messaged, messaged or emailed any one of hundreds of thousands of foreign targets. After collecting these communications, the FBI, CIA, and NSA deliberately searched through their Section 702 databases, again, without a warrant, to find the communications of Americans they are interested in. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a couple months back, Tucker Carlson was set to sit down with a, I don't know if it was actually Vladimir Putin or just a Russian official, but he was set to sit down with a pretty big Russian politician at the time. I can't remember who it was. And I'm actually going to look it up in lifetime right now. And the FBI knew that Tucker Carlson was doing that. And he had only communicated about this via his personal communication, personal messages. And I remember him talking about this and being like, how did this get leaked? How did this come out? And I was reading this Section 702 
surveillance tool. And I was like, oh, I, I wonder if that's how they figured out uh, Tucker Carlson was going to be interviewing this guy. Um, so, yeah, I can't find that off the top of my head, but that was something that did happen uh, just a couple months back. And again, Laura Loomer, Speaker Mike Johnson just voted in favor of the NDAA, even though it includes an extension and expansion of FISA section at 702. And then um, she also put out a list of 147 House GOP members who voted yes on the NDAA without removing funding for the unconstitutional FISA courts. And then there is that long list here. And you know what? Love or hate Laura Loomer. She really is on top of a lot of this. And she does a really great job. Warren Boebert voted in favor of this. Like I said, Ted Cruz, Dan Crenshaw, uh, Elise Stefanik. And I think it's important for us to pay attention to our congressmen and women, our senators who are making these votes, especially ahead of an election year. So we understand who actually stands for the American people. You know who didn't vote for this? Uh, a Thomas Massey, who really has been at the forefront of being like, hey, I'm actually going to stand up for what my constituents want. Now, one of the reasons why the government pushes continuously for the surveillance of Americans and for the political persecution of each and every single one of us is because the average person does truly want Donald Trump back in office. They really do. When his mugshot came out, that completely changed the cultural conversation around Donald Trump himself and a lot more people as well who usually ignore politics unless it directly impacts them have been directly impacted by Joe Biden's just point blank bad economic policy. Right. The fact that he does not allow us to pump oil domestically, which has driven up the cost of our own oil and gas prices. So a lot of Americans feeling the pinch in their wallets, a lot of Americans dealing with the fact that under Joe Biden, we did deal with record high inflation. and then. Watching our own press secretary come up in front of the American people and pretend that none of that is actually happening. A lot of people really becoming awake to the fact that this administration truly hates us because you really would have to hate your own people to destroy their economy, implode their values and morals in their country and just degrade everything as a whole, open up the border for everybody and then, you know, send thousands of dollars, millions Billions, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I started off with thousands when we have billions going not only overseas, but also to the illegal immigrants flooding our country while the American individual suffers. So from The Guardian, um, Trump expands commanding lead in Iowa a month before caucus poll shows. All of the polls are showing that Donald Trump is really leading. And again, like I said, we have had a lot of these GOP primary debates with the other candidates who are trying to throw their hat in the ring for president. And none of them come close to Donald Trump. Like I said, he truly is the candidate. If you are a DeSantis supporter, I think that DeSantis is a great governor of Florida and that he has done a lot of great things and that he should be or continue to be the governor of Florida. It's not his time yet to run for president. I do think that Donald Trump needs to have his second term. He was actually joking about being dictator for a day, which sent the media into an absolute frenzy and firestorm. And there's no other candidate that can control and command the media the way that Donald Trump can. And that's an important thing. And like I said, uh, ahead of the Iowa caucus, 
that kicks off the Republican presidential primary, uh, Donald Trump is leading by 51% in those polls. Again, closest challenger being Ron DeSantis, who is at 19%. So Donald Trump, uh, again, facing 91 criminal charges. I said 71 earlier. I got the seven confused with the fact that he's facing over 700 years in jail if indicted on all of these charges, which, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not. But that's what he's being faced with, 91 criminal charges. And, of course, all of these happening within election season as a way to obstruct his run for president in 2024. Um, Trump put this up on his Truth Social account just today. Why didn't deranged Jack Smith team file their lawsuit three years ago? Because they wanted to file it right in the middle of my campaign. That's why. Now, all of a sudden, they want to rush election interference. This comes from Laura Loomer, who says President Trump says Jack Smith waited to come after him for three years. So it would be perfectly timed during the election. And Jack Smith, actually, very interesting update on one of the two cases that he's bringing forward against Trump. But um, the question for the Supreme Court is whether former President Donald Trump can claim immunity from criminal charges stemming from his alleged interference in the 2020 election. That's one of the the uh, court cases that Jack Smith is bringing up against Donald Trump. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Supreme Court decides on this. Uh, Special counsel Jack Smith's unusual appeal to the nation's top court Monday is largely about timing. Smith is hoping the Supreme Court will resolve the question swirling around Trump's immunity claims so that a lower court can stick to its March 4th trial date. And again, this is surrounding Donald Trump. Um <sighs> alleged interference in the 2020 election like it's just also ridiculous ridiculous because they're saying that donald trump interfered with the 2020 election because people protested because people were angry because he said that he actually won the 2020 election which is something that democrats every single time they have lost an election have done they always come out and say oh we actually won the election it's the same exact rhetoric we've heard from the left time and time again i've played the compilations for you guys but because it's donald trump that's doing it he's had to go through all of this just complete and utter nonsense and again jack smith trying to bring this this court date forward um, for march 4th which is the day before super tuesday which is an extremely important date ahead of the presidential election in 2024 so again this is cut and dry election interference and the american people should be a lot more pissed off about what is currently going on and like i said we are seeing the media really ramp up ahead of 2024 donald trump being this horrific dictator this horrible person that is going to destroy democracy blah 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 it's just it's an absolute joke it really is because every single time i listen to anybody in the left wing talk about how donald trump is going to lock up his political opponents it's like oh you mean joe biden The guy who's doing that currently, oh, Donald Trump's going to be a dictator. Oh, like Joe Biden, who erected fencing up around the Capitol building for his inauguration because he knew the American people hated him that much that he deployed the National Guard and barbed wire fences around the, the nation's Capitol as he was installed. They're like, oh, Donald Trump's going to silence his opposition. Oh, like Joe Biden did when he worked 
in collusion with big tech platforms to silence the American people and various journalists from being able to report on stories that exposed his corruption and government corruption. The list goes on. So, you know, here's Jen Psaki. This is a kind of a long clip, so I've cut it into two parts here. But Jen Psaki has her own uh, show on MSNBC now. This was, again, Joe Biden's former press secretary. And listen to her phrasing of questioning because she's talking to this guest about all the horrible things Donald Trump is going to do if he gets into office, guys. He's going to destroy democracy. He's going to destroy America. We're going to be an international lapping stock. We're going to be plunged into World War III. The economy is going to crash. It's like, oh, we're already there. Okay? No, we're already there. There's literally nothing that the media can say about Donald Trump that's going to make us not want him in office. It's it's just, I'm at the point where Donald Trump joked the other day. Let me see if I can find this headline really quickly. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Trump backers laugh off, cheer, dictator comments as scholars voice alarm. This is from the Washington Post, right? Because Donald Trump was on a uh, town hall with Sean Hannity. And Sean Hannity basically asked him the question, uh, will you rule out abusing power as retribution? And then Donald Trump replied, except for day one. After that, I'm not a dictator. So he made this joke. The mainstream media absolutely went crazy. And I'm at the point with you guys, to be honest with you, where I'm like, I want Donald Trump to be a dictator. After everything Joe Biden put us through, through the fa- for the past four years, after all of the January 6th political defendants who have been put in jail and politically persecuted, maybe I want to vote for a dictator. Maybe I want Donald Trump to come in and lay down the law. Maybe I want retribution because of what the left has done to people in this country. I still have not forgotten that the government shut us down for COVID-19, that the police came in and shut down people's businesses, that Joe Biden himself as well tried to continue that for long after, kicked military members out for not getting the experimental vaccination, and also to like love Donald Trump, but he was also complicit in this as well, right? Like he wasn't trying to force the vaccination on people, but he is the one that pushed Operation Warp Speed. He also was complicit in printing billions of dollars under the COVID-19 lockdowns. And It was, again, primarily Democrat politicians that locked down this country. But let's not forget as well how Joe Biden was installed into office. It was via election interference. It was via big tech censorship and Joe Biden and, again, Democrat politicians colluding with big tech to silence people ahead of the 2020 election. It was the media working in tandem with them, too, to say, oh, don't expect that the results of elections of the election on election night. Let's not forget that that happened. It was ballot harvesting. It was ballot boxes being stuffed. It was election fraud at a mass level that we did see evidence of, by the way, but then everybody just kind of discarded and looked the other way on. People do want retribution. People are absolutely pissed off at the left wing and the media and the BS narrative that they've pushed on the people for the past four years. And then, like I said, you have Joe Biden who came into office. Nobody likes him. Everybody can see that he's senile, that he can't even 
form a coherent sentence. He can barely walk up a flight of stairs. He opened up our border. He sold out this country. We are catapulting towards World War III. I mean, we have foreign wars that we are now involved in. That wasn't happening under Donald Trump. Gas prices are high. The economy is imploding. Everything is an absolute mess. We're made a complete mockery of. And then what does the Biden administration tell us to clap our hands at? DEI, freaking diverse retards that are running this country into the ground oh it's lesbian visibility day oh it's transgender visibility i don't care can you fix the economy can you close the damn border can you stop criminals from running rampant in our streets that'd be great can you stop lying to the american people about how badly our country is doing and pretending everything's great that'd be awesome but no so it's just funny because people are like, oh, it was a joke. Donald Trump's not going to be a dictator. I'm like, maybe I want him to be. Maybe I would rather vote for Trump if he was campaigning on being a full on dictator, because that's what Joe Biden has done to the right wing. He's locked us up. He's put us in jail. Actually, let me play you this clip, because, again, the reason I'm so hyped up right now is because I'm still following what's happening to January 6th defendants. This is from uh, Philip Henderson. He himself was previously attacked by, again, the militant wing of the Democratic Party, Antifa, back, I think this was a year or two ago, he was punched in the face by Antifa members because he was advocating for President Trump on the streets of America. They didn't like that, so they punched him in the face, knocked his teeth out, but he is talking about the story of a January 6th defendant and what life has been like truly for people who are not on board with Joe Biden. Listen. Everyone needs to know that Joe Biden is a dictator. President Joe Biden is a merciless dictator. And I want you to hear this story right now. A J6 political prisoner locked up in the DC Gulag. They handcuffed him. And after he was handcuffed, the Democrat guards, the Democrat prison guards, beat him in the face, hit him in the face over 35 times. They knocked out four of his teeth. They blackened both of his eyes. They cut his mouth open. They threatened to rape him after they beat him mercilessly while he was handcuffed and could not defend himself. This is what all the political prisoners of January 6th are subject to. And keep in mind, these people are getting railroaded in the courts. They're withholding exculpatory evidence. They're doctoring videos to use against these J6 defendants. We have all the proof for it. And it's important for you to understand that what's happening is fascism. These rigged trials, these rigged jury pools, these judges that want to see all these J6 defendants dead that didn't harm anyone, that didn't even break anything, those people are the enemy of America and they are Democrats. So it's important to understand when Democrats are on here calling, you know, President Trump a dictator or calling Republicans fascist, they clearly are, reject are projecting, projecting, because Republicans have never, ever done this to Democrats. We've never censored and banned them for their speech. We've never gotten them fired from their jobs or expelled from their schools simply for what they believe. No, that's what they do. And now they wrongfully lock up countless people and they, and they handcuff them and they beat them in the face. So there you guys go. There's an example of what continues to happen to January 6th. Uh, political prisoners, and that was Philip Anderson. Sorry, I got his name wrong there. But let's not <laughs> forget because we are going to enter this alternate upside down dimension. I mean, we're already living through it every single day, but we are going to 
enter it and it's going to be hyperspeed, right? Because it's the election. I, I mean, let's not forget what happened from 2016 to 2020. The media went into overdrive trying to make Donald Trump out to be this horrific dictator, crazy person who is telling people to drink bleach during COVID-19. That never happened. Uh, again, the Russian collusion hoax where Russian prostitutes were peeing on Donald Trump. That never happened. That Donald Trump said there were fine people in Charlottesville. That never happened. That we were going to be an international laughingstock and that Donald Trump was going to plunge us into World War III. That never happened. But again, look at what is happening under President, President Joe Biden. We do have people that are locked up for their speech. We do have people who have been thrown into jail because they have the wrong political opinion. We are catapulting further and further into endless wars. We're already involved in them. We've already sent billions to Ukraine at this point. The American people, our sovereignty, our morals, our values, everything has degraded. And the average person is is very much struggling in the United States. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy has been really great about highlighting the reality of January 6th. And again, calling out the fact that we had a lot of federal agents involved that day. He was doing a town hall with CNN. And of course, CNN, this commentator, um, I don't even know what her name is here, but the entire interview it's a five minute clip and it's just five minutes of her just talking over Vivek because he's trying to tell the truth about January 6th and what happened. Uh, is just freaking out because he's on CNN's platform talking about federal involvement. So I'm going to play you two clips here. here. Here's the first one of him again, highlighting what life has been like in Joe Biden's America. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Ramos, if, if I may finish just answering, well, let me just. Is, is really I, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because because I know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that this, there were federal, we federal agents. You should be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. You, this, you this are saying important. there were federal agents in the crowd on on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January 6th. So, so why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say there how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen ev any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so you We've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who so were asking. Is there so there is Vivek Ramaswamy immediately coming forward and talking about how there were FBI informants in this crowd. And he's, he's trying to, the CNN, again, um, interviewer is like oh wh wh where's the evidence where's the evidence and like talking over him the whole time he's like let me let me talk to you about where the evidence is and again here he is talking about fbi entrapment and how again the fbi tried to entrap other americans in terms of kidnapping gretchen whitmer let's not forget that that was something that happened in my mouth and i'm going to tell you what what where i mean by the that evidence that entrapment. the government was involved entrapment. in planning or executing okay. january 6th Where so i'm going to give you i'm going to give you hard facts and, and if i may abby i yep. know this is going to be a little uncomfortable but we're going to we're, we're going to go through this and you can and you can you can push Just back on it for the after evidence that. and you can push back on that and let's do this fairly why did they suppress footage of now what's been released 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd shooting tear gas into that crowd you didn't see that before you saw what the response was to that now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in. Okay, so uh, Tariq Johnson, who was one of the 
police officers on January 6th responded to this interview. And I just want to read this. And for those of us as well who might be tired of the rhetoric around January 6th, it's so important for us to, again, just constantly remember the truth surrounding this date because in 2024 this is going to be a big talking point especially to paint donald trump out to be this dictator who sicked a gigantic crowd of insurrectionists on the white house to interfere in the 2020 election which again it's just nonsense it was non it's a nonsensical claim Uh, the media is going to try to pretend that this day was worse than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor combined when the election certification continued on, what, three hours after the same day? So Tariq Johnson says, Vivek Ramaswamy got a lot right in this interview. I've been saying publicly for a year that January 6th was not an insurrection, but not many people would listen. Ironically so, no one would benefit more than I if January 6th was an insurrection as I, Tariq Johnson, was the commander that ordered and led the evacuate evacuation of the Senate and the House during the J-6 breach after begging former Assistant Chief Yogananda Pittman for permission to do so as she sat comfortably in the Commander Center watching the events unfold on CCTV. Uh, Pittman flat out ignored me, so I was forced to forge ahead with the evacuations without obtaining approval from her. Three days later, I decided to call Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont to report Pittman's malfeasance, and approximately an hour after I got off the phone with the senator, I was contacted by the USCP Internal Affairs Section and informed I was suspended. The suspension lasted for 17 months, and I was under a USCP gag order not to speak about the events of January 6th to the media until I was separated from from the department. I was also required to remain in my house Monday through Friday from the hours of 8 to 4 p.m. and unable to step off my property without notifying the USCP for fear of being disciplined up to and including termination during those 17 months. Those are some of the many facts USCP Chief J. Thomas Manger, who is arguably the most corrupt politician in the country, was brought in to cover up. So anyways, that's what life is like in Joe Biden's America. If you see corruption, you try to call it out, you'll get put on house arrest. And if you speak out, they're going to ruin your life. But uh, yeah, let's talk about how Donald Trump is a dictator. By the way, we still have journalists. This is a Blaze TV contributor who are being notified by the FBI that they're going to be charged by the Department of Justice for their journalism on January 6th. This is Steve Baker. Again, he is a Blaze TV contributor who put this out just yesterday okay it is december of 2023 january 6th 2021 was almost three years ago at this point okay three years and we still have journalists who are being notified by the fbi that they are going to be charged by joe biden's doj for journalism of the Capitol building on January 6th. And again, um, he had commented because somebody asked like, oh, did you do anything? And he was like, nope, I went into the Capitol building like many other journalists that day. And I walked around and filmed what was going on. FBI now going after another journalist. Uh, A more positive Update on January 6th from Jake Lang. The Supreme Court has just granted my January 6th case today. Very interesting that the Supreme Court is now hearing January 6th cases. Very good. 
He says all of the deep state prosecutors that ruined hundreds of January 6ers lives are on full meltdown mode. The 1512 obstruction of Congress charge, 20-year maximum felony that 327 January 6ers and Donald Trump have been politically charged with will be argued by me and my legal team in SCOTUS very soon. So huge development on that front. Uh, again, 20-year maximum felony for that uh, 1512 obstruction of Congress charge. And the Supreme Court is now going to be hearing it. So uh, absolutely incredible. And uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, like I said, Trump is going to be painted to be this villain. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, let's not forget his actions on day one of being in office, killed the Keystone Pipeline, halted construction of the border wall, rejoined the Paris Climate Accord, costing the American taxpayers a lot more money, restored undocumented immigrants in the census, required masks on federal property, rejoined the World Health Organization. And I remember a lot of outrage about Biden's decision to do that because let's not forget that the World Health Organization originally covered up for China after they unleashed COVID-19 on the entire world. Now, like I was saying earlier as well, we have uh, the administration and office who hates us so much that they're willing to boldface lie to us about how bad the economy is. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre the other day. Yesterday, we learned consumer inflation fell to 3.1% last month, down two-thirds from its peak. And today, we learned producer inflation was flat last month and less than 1% over the last year. Prices are down for eggs, milk, toys, and TVs. Ga gas prices are down by $1.90 from the peak after Putin's war began, and wages are rising and, high and higher than before the pandemic. So it's just so funny because she's like, oh, wages are rising. Everything's higher. We have so many jobs that are being created. Of course, she tried to blame the rising gas prices on Putin when we could be pumping our own oil here in the United States. But let's just pretend that that's not something that we can do. Uh, also, she tries to pretend that, you know, everything's great. And this is something that actually went really viral, um, you know, very Christmas season-esque here. <laughs> It's like Christmas economy implosion um, from Fox News. Home Alone fans shocked by an almost 250% increase in grocery prices since iconic shopping trip. Kevin McAllister's grocery list has gone from $19.83 in 1990 to $72.28 in 2023. Again, just highlighting how out of control our inflation rates truly have gotten in the United States of America. After being left home alone for the holidays, eight-year-old Kevin McAllister Famously went grocery shopping in the 1990 classic Home Alone, one of my favorite Christmas movies. And he purchased a large haul of food and grocery items for under $20. So people basically like went through and were like, how much would all of this be today? Um, and $72.28 to buy all of the things that Kevin McAllister bought in 1990 for $20. And they said last year the same grocery list would have cost $44. So last year, 44. This year, 72. But yeah, Karin Pierre, go ahead and keep telling us how great the economy is doing. Uh, also, mortgage payments on a new home have risen 90% under Joe Biden's presidency. But because this administration absolutely hates us, they will continue to tell us that the sky is not blue, that the grass is yellow. And when we say I can see with my own two eyes that the sky is blue and the grass is actually green, they would say no. You're crazy. 
You don't listen to your ears. You don't believe your own eyes. You listen to us, okay? Okay, inflation's really bad. You can't afford your home. Your debts are crippling. Well, inflation is your fault. That's from The Atlantic, by the way. The media comes in and, of course, doubles down and makes sure the American people know that inflation is their fault. And this article is hilarious because it goes on to say if people are so mad about high prices, why do they keep buying so many expensive things? Oh, like food and gas, like basic life necessities are bad. Sorry. So going back to Jill Biden's atrocious Christmas display. I'm going to play this for you on screen again just one more time so we can all just see how horrific this was. Uh, She put this out two days ago, I believe. And again, it's supposed to display the White House Christmas decorations. And then she hired this woke dance crew and they're dancing around the White House. They're showing off this display. And It just reminded me, to be quite honest, of the demoralization process, right? I was reading this post from the redheaded libertarian on Twitter who talks about how to overthrow a class society uh, using the writings of Karl Marx and the the teachings of Marxism. And she basically talks about how we are currently battling a cultural Marxist insurrection Instead of class war, it's a wealthy U.S. government that might find themselves or that are manufacturing war using racial, environmental, sexual and social controls in place of class to pit Americans against each other, overthrow capitalism and property rights. They hope to achieve their results through the Soviet process of demoralization, destabilization, chaos and normalization. And again, maybe I'm just a grumpy old woman at this point, but I do watch these types of artistic displays that continuously come out of this diversity, equity, and inclusion White House. And that's what this reminds me of. It's demoralization. It's destabilization. It's the fact that we have uh, lowered our standards in society, that we have completely gotten rid of meritocracy, and we have replaced it with, if you're gay, if you're Black, if you are disabled, we're going to put you up at the highest levels of society and allow you to run things because equity And then everything in our society is collapsing around us and we all get demoralized. And again, it does remind me very much so of the teaching of Karl Marx. So, you know, some people might look at this video and be like, ew, ugly display. Um, Joe Biden has a horrible fashion sense and that's it. I look at this and I'm like, this is a demoralization tactic. And this is more than anything, a way to make the United States uglier, to represent us in an ugly fashion, to highlight what this administration prioritizes in this country. And it's not the American people. It's uh, promoting this facade of what we are represented by, which is allegedly the LGBTQ inclusive community. When in reality, no, it's the exact opposite of that. We are a country that was a country of law and order, of morals, of values, of Christianity, but that really does seem to be so far away now. So let me see as well here. Um, Speaking of, again, just the, the demoralization and destruction of our entire country, I do want to highlight what has been going on at the southern border. 
because as per usual, it is an absolute mess. This comes from the New York Post. High school cheerleader Lisbeth Medina stabbed to death by illegal immigrant with expired visa. Now, the video did not download for me, but one of the budget directors for Biden's administration was on CNN or MSNBC, one of those, and basically was talking about how we need to continue funding Ukraine and sending billions across seas because if we don't fund their war, then American sons and daughters are going to be put at risk, right? And I wanted to segue into the border issue with that video because, again, we have seen the money laundering that has taken place via our billions of dollars going to Ukraine. We have seen who has profited off of us funding that never-ending war, and it's not the American people. And this excuse that we need to continue funding Ukraine so our own sons and daughters aren't at risk is just such a lie. We don't need to be in Ukraine. We, we don't need to be protecting their border. We need to be protecting our own because every single day, by the way, we do have American citizens that are being put at risk, that are dying, that are essentially in our own war within our own country. And that is because of the illegal immigration that is allowed to prosper here. Again, high school cheerleader stabbed to death by illegal immigrant who had an expired visa. Texas high school cheerleader was stabbed to death and left in her bathtub by an undocumented immigrant living in the U.S. on an expired visa. Rafael Govia Romero, 23, was arrested Saturday on a capital murder charge in the killing of 16-year-old Edna high school student last week. His bond has been set at $2 million. So. Another person that wasn't supposed to be here, and there's a picture of him right there, that was allowed to walk willy-nilly into our country. And again, you can go on the ICE website, and I've done this myself, and you can go read their press releases that they come out with every single day, where they say, yeah, Border Patrol, because we were so overwhelmed, wasn't able to properly vet the guy that came across the border 10 times already and has a warrant out for murder charges in Venezuela. We didn't know that. And yeah, he's been previously deported four times from the United States, but we we didn't have the manpower to properly vet him. So we just let him back into the country. Oh, and then he killed an American. Oopsies. This is something that's happening every single day. Um, this is from Ben Bergquam out of Chicago. Let's just go on a little tour of America here. So that was um, a small city in Texas. A small little town in Texas, okay? So you have uh, illegal immigrants murdering 16-year-olds. Let's take a peek at how Chicago's doing. This is crazy. So this is the second stop from le leaving the airport. We're at the 20th police precinct in Chicago. Uh, one of the guys says he's been here for two months. This is wild, man. We got tents set up all outside. We got people just sleeping on the floor here. And this is one of 56 locations. And it's just starting to get cold. This is going to be a nightmare. And again, it's been brought to you by Mayor Johnson. Mayor Johnson and all of the sanctuary supporting Democrats in Chicago invited this. They've created this and now they're having to live with it. And you can see the disaster behind me that they've. So there you guys go. That's what it looks like. That's what the police precincts in Chicago have looked like for probably over the past year now because they've been so overrun. So Texas, 
We've got a lot of people getting murdered over here and shot by illegal immigrants. Chicago, the police precincts are completely overrun. And because they're a sanctuary city, similar to New York, I'm sure they're spending billions on illegals who shouldn't be here. Let's take a peek at how uh, Detroit is doing. Gangs from South America are breaking into multi-million dollar homes across the country. And now in Metro Detroit, police say they're highly functional and well-trained. The guy to the right in the middle, that's a jammer. So he's jamming signals right now. Those jammers then render the Wi-Fi security systems useless. At least 30 to 40 homes have been hit since September in Detroit. Thieves getting away with cash, jewelry, expensive handbags in minutes. You know, a lot. So there you guys go. Groups of South American uh, migrant gangs are well organized and going and targeting multi-million dollar homes in Detroit and stealing from them. Let's uh, take a peek at how New York is doing. More buses from the border arrive in New York City to drop off illegals. Here's the Roosevelt Hotel just steps away from Grand Central Station, Park Avenue, and the New York Library. And anybody can go and watch busloads of illegals in Texas, in New York, in California, being bussed all throughout the United States. This comes from USA Today. New 10 cities could pop up in New York as mayor removes homeless migrants from shelters. And uh, the reason I wanted to bring up this article is because updated numbers for how many illegals are in New York. We're at 125,000 since last spring. I've been following this story extensively. And back in May, when I was exposing the Rowe Hotel and all of the Millions of dollars the city is throwing into that, by the way, and the thousands of migrants that were in the city, there were 65,000 at that point. That was in May. We are now at over 125,000 migrants. And again, it is the taxpayers that are paying and footing the bill for that. Now, let's take a peek at um, Mexico, okay? So there's an idea of all the illegals in the United States. Let's take a peek at all of the illegals heading toward our border. So what you are seeing is a source capturing tens of thousands of migrants attempting to catch a train in Mexico three hours south of Piedras Negras. And Piedras is right across the border from Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass, another place that I have gone to and reported on extensively, that is actually one of the areas in Texas in which the National Guardsmen were coming and they were lifting the barbed wire and the federal government and the state of Texas have been fighting back and forth. But that's a major crossing point. And so three hours south of this area, you have thousands of illegal immigrants trying to catch this train through Mexico to make their way up. And again, here is Eagle Pass right across from Piedras Negras. This is what it looks like. This is what we are seeing every single day as the migrant crisis continues to absolutely destroy the United States of America. This is from Lukeville, Arizona, because let's take a break from how horrific things look in Texas. Arizona not looking too bright either. Um, there was an enormous line of hundreds of adult men from around the globe. They were crossing into Lukeville, Arizona. This was last week. And uh, Border Patrol started giving them trash bags to pick up their trash. Because keep in mind that the illegal immigrants, when they come over here, they are shedding their clothes, right? Because they have to cross the river. They want to look fresh in their Chinese Gucci as they come into the United States. So they change and they just dis 
discard their IDs. They discard their uh, cartel wristbands. They discard their clothes. And they just leave them there at the border. And it's absolutely disgusting. So this is an idea of what is happening in Arizona. Who is coming through? A lot of African migrants. A lot of military-aged men. People love to, to use that talking point. But it's absolutely true. And Bill Malusian of Fox News, uh, Ali Bradley, News Nation, Jorge Ventura, they've been talking with a lot of these migrants and they all say, yeah, I'm not really seeking asylum. I'm not really, you know, running away from the horrors of my country. I'm kind of just here because I want uh, economic opportunity and uh, the border's wide open. So why wouldn't I do that? Again, Lukeville, Arizona, where I believe it was 17,000 encounters last week, which was, once again, a new record. So great job to the Biden administration for absolutely annihilating our southern border in record time. And to leave you guys on a good note here, because that was a lot of information for you. Um, earlier this week, there was a satanic shrine, essentially, to Baphomet displayed in the Iowa state capitol. And Wokeness on Twitter said, we've reached the point where our capitals are removing statues of thomas jefferson while monuments to satan are erected realize where we are a lot of people were extremely upset calling out iowa governor kim reynolds for allowing this satanic idol to be put up and again for those as well who are like oh this is a freedom of speech this is freedom of religion no it's not satanism isn't a religion it's a mockery of christianity and to be quite honest if you're really going to argue for satanists to be allowed to worship and openly display satanic imagery in our country it's like that's how far gone we are but and i was really hoping this would happen and it did we had a based christian man okay if I, and i was even thinking about this i was like if i had the ability to right now I'm not traveling currently, but if I had the ability to right now, I would have gone to the Iowa State Capitol and ripped this down myself. But we have a former military officer and Christian man named Michael Cassidy who tore down and beheaded the Satan statue. And of course, because of this courageous act, he is now being faced with multiple charges. But the incredible thing about this story is that the right wing is finally starting to push back, right? Charlie Kirk immediately came forward and said, Turning Point USA is going to be donating $10,000 to this man's legal fund. You had members of the Daily Wire like Matt Walsh saying, I will donate $1,000, $2,000 to this man's legal fund. Uh, he won in $20,000 for his legal defense. He's already at twenty-five, And now he's being hit with additional charges. On Friday, Michael Cassidy, the Christian veteran who was arrested after beheading a satanic idol that was placed in the Iowa State Capitol by the satanic temple, revealed that additional charges may be brought forth against him. I've been notified of more potential legal charges, unfortunately, so I've opened the legal fund donation back up. According to the Give, Send, Go page set up for Cassidy by the Sentinel, who originally reported this story, an additional investigation has been opened into Cassidy in relation to the beheading of the Baphomet idol. So uh, that's what is happening now to this man. And again, I... As soon as, as I saw this story was like, you know, the full force of the government is now going to come against this man for ripping down this statue. If Muslims are being made a mockery of and they went and ripped down the statue that was mocking their religion, 
you think that the full force of the government would be going up against them? No. But now Michael Cassidy is going to be dealing with government officials coming in and charging him and trying to make his life hell because he's a Christian man who tried to stand up for morals and values of our Christian nation. So again, I'm not going to argue that, oh, like Satanism and worshiping Satan is freedom of speech. No, it's a fake religion and the Satanic Temple themselves as well. They're not even worshiping Satan. I've watched their documentary. I've listened to their founder and he they're not worshiping Satan. They're worshiping self. It's like this fake freaking religion that they created. And again, more than anything, it's a mockery of Christianity. But a big shout out to Michael Cassidy for being man enough to actually stand up and push back against this nonsense. And again, ahead of 2024, that's what we need to do. We need to unify and we need to return the United States to its former greatness. We need to stop allowing the diversity, equity, and inclusion crowd to come in and destroy our culture, destroy our entertainment, destroy our movies, destroy our education system, destroy our corporations, destroy our politics, destroy our churches. We need to take all of this back and we need to be strong in this. There was a quote that I was uh, reading the other day. Let me see if I can it up really quick tolerance okay this is from gk chesterson and i really like this tolerance is the virtue of the man without convictions and for 2024 what i hope we all have truly is conviction to stand up for what is right to stand up for our country for our american ideals and i've thought about this concept a lot right why are we so divided as a nation and it is because we have been sold this lie by our own government, just by people who want to instill division and chaos in our in our American way of life, that we are all divided and we are all different, that you're a Jewish American or an African American or a an Asian American or Hispanic American. No, we're all Americans and we need to come together and try to be a homogenous society again that all agrees on being nationalists and caring about the United States, caring about what this country was founded on, uh, agreeing on the original, again, just morals, values, and mindsets that initially were supposed to make this country a great place. So I hope we have the conviction to all stand up for our country, to be Americans, to stop being divided and to have common sense and to push back against the nonsense, to push back against the open Satanism that is being pushed to keep everybody divided and confused and angry and in this state of absolute chaos. Uh, I saw this video from Raven Simone, surprisingly, because she actually herself, I thought went through like a period of being kind of woke, but she is on this interview with Oprah Winfrey and look at Oprah's response to this too. Who, she's just so horrified, but here is uh, Raven Simone talking about her nationality basically. And I, I wish that all Americans would have this mindset. I think if they did, our country would look very different. I'm tired of being labeled. I'm an American. I'm not an African American. I'm an American. Oh, girl, don't, don't set get up the Twitter on fire. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I mean, what? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you just say? Stop, stop, stop the tape right now. Okay. I will say this. What? I mean, I don't know where my roots go to. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far back they go. I can't go on, you know, 
I don't know how far back and I don't know what country in Africa I'm from, but I do know that my roots are in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I'm an American and that's a colorless person because we are all people. I have lots of things running through my veins. I mean, you're gonna get a lot of flack for saying you're not African-American. You know that, right? I don't label myself. Okay, so I want you to say what you really mean by that. What I really mean by that is I'm an American. That's what I really mean. So I just really love this mentality. I love this clip and I wanted to end the show on a more positive note because if every single American had this mentality that they are American, we would look a lot better as a country, would be a lot more unified as a country. But again, because our education system has been completely bombarded with this like communistic or even this Marxist type ideology where everybody needs to be divided and we are seeing this push for division in our country by race. That's why everything is just so chaotic right now. And I was thinking about that too. And I was like, why do we not have a national sense of unity at all? And it is because everybody always wants to be labeled in a special or specific way. And it's like, no, if we all realize that we're Americans here, we all realize that we have opportunity in this country and we have the ability to create and be free individuals. That's such a powerful thing. And that's why this constant division and chaos is pushed on the American people. It's why we're constantly hit with all of this propaganda. It's why the left wing right now is freaking out that we have the ability to have freedom of information and access to information from people like Alex Jones or an Andrew Tate or a Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, love or hate these people. We should have the ability to have access to this type of information, these thought processes that again, America was founded upon. So one of the reasons why people feel like they can't relate to the culture of the United States of America is because they've been sold this lie that they're Hispanic Americans or African Americans or Asian Americans or Jewish Americans. And they're told that they need to try to relate to or associate with this foreign country when they're freaking Americans. Like, I remember I went on Fox News and the host that I was interviewing with was like, as a Hispanic American, how do you feel about this? And I kind of just wanted to be like, I don't know, because I'm not a Hispanic American. I'm an American. My culture is American. I was raised in the United States. English is my first language. The culture that I grew up with and love is American culture because I'm an American. Stop trying to put me in this box because I'm slightly more brown than you like I don't know I have the exact same thought process and I was raised in the exact same country as you are so I don't know why you're trying to put me in the Hispanic American box and have me talk about Hispanic culture and Mexican culture when I'm freaking American like I don't know so that's all I got for you guys on this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As per usual, I apologize. It's been a little while. But as always, I just really enjoy being here with you guys and talking about these issues, delving into the insanity that is modern day America. Again, big shout out to my subscribe star subscribers who continue to keep the thing Keep the ball rolling behind the scenes. Big shout out to you guys. Big shout out to anybody who's ever left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't, the link is down below. If you're new here on YouTube or Rumble, welcome to the show and the stream. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all of that good stuff. I really hope you've enjoyed the conversation and leave me a comment down below about what you thought about what we talked about today, whether that's Hunter Biden being subpoenaed and if you think the House is actually going to do anything with that, if Republicans are going to do anything with that, um, what your thoughts are on Donald 
Donald Trump ahead of 2024. If you think he's the candidate, if you think that there's somebody that's better, what your thoughts on Vivek Ramaswamy are. I mean, we covered a plethora of issues here today. So let me know down below what you think. Also, uh, SavSaysOfficial.com is my website. You can go, go check that out for my past work and my former work. Well, past and former mean the same thing. My past work and my future work. There we go. That's the F word I was looking for. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez.